Get your daily bread, but also your faith in practice. It's 6.57 a.m. The sounds of your life. 6.57 a.m. on a Friday evening. You are obviously hanging out with us right here on I Am Live. We hope that you're having as much fun as we're having, um, enjoying the music and also enjoying the conversations as well. Remember that we are more focused on dialogue than we are on monologue. We don't want to talk at you. We want to talk with you. Your opinions matter a whole lot to us. Uh, tonight we're discussing masculinity, um, understanding masculinity. So the question that um, I would like uh, the question that I would love to pose as we step into this conversation is um, should is society still useful in our modern society in our modern day or should men just embrace be their their feminine side um, I don't know if you've heard a lot of people say that child that oh I like him he's so in touch with his feminine side <laughs> yeah what are your thoughts on on, on what uh, masculinity is today. What does it mean to be a man? Um, and, and to be like, actually, l- let me not say what does it mean to be a man. Um, what I want us to, to start off is where is masculinity today? Like when we look at it today, um, is it at a good place or would you say it's at a bad place, Charles? What are your comments on it? I think we are totally misguided on what masculinity is. Yeah. Um, if I look at my direct vicinity, the, the outreach projects that we are trying to launch from our church, we see young boys up until the age of 11, 10, 11 mm-hmm. that would attend church. Uh, after that, they no longer attend church because their father do not attend church. They, The mere conception that they have of masculinity is Sundays are the days that you need to get drunk as as long as you can, because Mondays are back to the salt mines or whatever they want to call it. Yeah. Uh, so I I I firmly, unfortunately, think we we have no idea what masculinity is, um, and and I think we read the Bible and we see stuff that the that the the gods men of old did, and we find it strange and we find it difficult to relate to it, mm. uh, because I think that as men my age and younger, we constantly feel that we need to prove our masculinity. Mm. Uh, and then, on, unfortunately, the world is filled with toxic femininity at this point. So masculinity is something that you should not be proud about. So you don't know, you've got this inner desire to prove your, your masculinity, but you don't know whether you should do that publicly because you can be shamed for it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's a difficult subject i firmly believe it's something that needs to be addressed because we need to know what it's a godly man exactly uh, and make make it worldwide and say this is the 10 steps to becoming a godly man <laughs> but uh, i wish we can do that i would love to do something like that yeah yeah no i completely agree with you perhaps it's something that we can uh, try and do for our um, you know online platforms our social media um, so as you guys know that we do share our social, some social media content on our uh, TikTok, Instagram, as well as our Facebook. So perhaps we can actually do some um, series where we discuss in depth what exactly does good masculinity look like uh, and how you can pursue good masculinity. So 
one of the things as I was listening to Umit um, as she was just... So, by the way, Umit is from Turkey, so that's why she has uh, the accent when she speaks. Um, I'm sure some people are wondering, why does she talk like that? <laughs> but I simply love her accent, and she's such an amazing, wonderful woman of God, and there's so much one can learn from her. Um, so what I was loving about what she was touching on is the fact that... Um, you know, learning what masculinity is in the Bible. And when she was listing all of those characteristics, it felt to me like characteristics that nowadays are so uncool for men, right? And I was thinking of the fact that uh, this is a conversation that I have with quite a few people, actually. So the fact that we have learned to be the men that we've become, so it seems to be assumed, um, and you know, I, I know a lot of women who are single, who are within in their 30s, roughly in their 30s, either slightly older or slightly younger, who are looking for men to spend the rest of their lives with. But they're constantly complaining that men make our lives miserable because they come with a lot of their uh, toxi- toxicity, they come with a lot of their masculinity, and we feel... Like we're not even able to live once they're present. Um, And what tends to happen is that the assumption is made that men are just, you know, when when the hashtag was going around, men are trash. So men are inherently bad, you know, as if men are not taught to be that way by society, as though men are born. You know, this is something that we do a lot as people. Whenever there is a people or a group or an other, we assume whenever they behave in a particular way, we tend to then make the assumption that that person is like that because they're from there. You understand what I mean, Charles? Yeah, like, you know, we know that, for example, people around the world have certain perceptions, which I won't really get into, about Nigerians um, and that they're like this, they're like that. We, we then come to assume that if you're from Nigeria, then you're like this. Or if you're yes. from this country, then you're like this. Then we, we can't take a risk with you. But we fail to understand that behavior is learned. Habits are learned. Men have been taught to be that way by other men within their, their communities. So as a result, it's, it's really, really for one. I'd like to actually start the conversation here. The fact that we need to take responsibility for the men that our communities produce. We need to start claiming responsibility that women are also part. Remember that a lot of men, especially within South Africa, are actually raised by women. So why are they so bad? (laughs) It's actually, I understand that sounds like I'm playing the blame game. But in all honesty, that is an important conversation for us to ask ourselves. Um, And also, it's also understandable that there are men within our communities and societies who influence and shape the men we become, right? Um, So I understand that, for example, I was raised by a single mother. My, My dad had very little Uh, influence in shaping the man I've become. Um, So my mother was responsible for who are my friends. My mother was responsible for where I hung out. My mother was responsible for whether I went to church or not. My mother was responsible for all those things. So there are some places that I went to that my mother had the authority to say, 
you're not allowed to go there. And if she never used that authority, it was going to be her fault if I went there and learned something that I did I shouldn't have learned. Um, and as well, um, like I'm sure we've discussed many times before that you have your aunts as well who also contribute to the type of man you become. For example, if I'm playing with uh, my sisters or a friend who's a girl when I was younger and we happen to get into a fight and they look at me and they're like, how can you be beat up by a girl? You know, why are you crying that you were fighting with a girl? That shapes the kind of man I become, right? Because then you're teaching me that um, a girl has no place in beating me. Um, and, and instead of you then sharing the message that, no, you're supposed to be protecting her, that message is not spread enough. Rather, I don't know about you, Shal, but more often than not, I have heard from older women, right? I'm not blaming women. You do understand. I'm trying to make the point that we are all responsible for the people we shape, both the men and women. Uh, in other words, the, 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 the women that are produced in our communities and the men that are produced in our communities, we're responsible for that. Um, as you often say uh, in your wisdom, child, that it takes a community to raise a child. Right. Yes. Um, so I don't know if your what has your experience been in terms of uh, elder people? What have you seen them teach you? Do you also have the experience that I've just described of, uh, you know, experiencing people say, um, why would you let a Macy beat you up? Or, you know, <laughs> what has your experience been? <laughs> Yes, uh, I'm laughing for you using the word Macy. Uh, but yes, it's been the exact same thing. Mm. Uh, a girl shouldn't beat you. Mm. But then at a latest, later stage, probably before puberty, my dad started teaching me that if you like a girl, uh, you should let her win you or whatever. When you race or whatever, they should beat you. That, that's yeah. the way that yeah. you will start honoring her. Um, so I think in a very young stage of my life, I, I was taught that. But... But I'm very, very blessed, and I do realize that I'm very blessed in that sense that my, my parents mm -hmm. are still happily married. Uh, they are happily married for going on 40 years now, if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken. Mm -hmm. So that uh, the, the biggest gift that my, and I always say this, the biggest gift my father has ever given, has ever given me is, is he taught me how to, how a husband should love his wife. Mm. Um, so that's my that's my my role model. That's the the way that I see a perfect marriage should look like. Uh, so that's my and of course for every guy, every boy that's raised in a household where the father is sort of present or either not present, mm -hmm. that's his role model. That's his perception on masculinity. So if your father drinks a lot, you're going to end up drinking a lot because that's your perception of masculinity. That's how you see masculinity. Uh, and that's what I mentioned earlier on with the community that surrounds me now, that the, the fathers drink a lot, so the sons started drinking a lot. So that's why we've got massive tick problems, massive cat problems, massive drug abuse, alcohol, and substance abuse surrounding me, unfortunately. Um, but then you also get in the in the predominantly white Afrikaans community, you would get mm -hmm. that rugby is everything, braai is everything, and then you need to consume a, a, a whole lot of alcohol. Mm. You need to be mean to your wife, and that that's that's the perception of or, or, of, of of masculinity, not necessarily honoring your wife, uh, not making an absolute fool of yourself in your drunkenness. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that again, 
that leans over to toxic toxic masculinity. But that's just irresponsible parenting. Never mind masculinity. Exactly. You what I mean? That's mm. not, you're you're not de- degrading a certain culture, gender, or anything like that. You're mm. just making absolute fool of yourself. Unfortunately, it is very present in our communities. Exactly. So, yeah. So yeah. I think no, I completely find get healthy, you. Healthy mm-hmm. image of masculinity. Mm-hmm. You need to. To I believe we need to look at at Jesus. Obviously, he's a very very healthy uh, masculine image. Yeah. Um, and then I. I but like Jesus wept, Shaw. Men don't weep. <laughs> Jesus, you know, Let hugged me. his friends Jesus and. Wept embraced them and he um, greeted them with a, 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 a holy kiss on the cheek. <laughs> yes. Let me answer you that one because I love talking about this. Right? Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. And I do believe I've got a, a, a good answer for that. Yeah. Uh, I hope I do believe I have a good answer for that. When we look at, at movies that portray men as manly men and the men that we would like for them, like men that we would like to be, it usually involves wartime movies, can involve anything like King Leonidas from 300. It can be, uh, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but Gladiator, that movie, uh, Saving Private Ryan, whatever. You need to do something masculine. You need to save someone. You need to prove that type of thing, right? So, mm. in the olden times, and specifically in Jesus' time and the times before that, I don't always use Jesus. I'd rather go to David because remember what David did. When David and Jonathan knew they're never going to see one another, they kissed one another and they cried. Mm. And they rose separated, right? Now, now we're talking about 600 to 900 years before Jesus. Now, they were the, look at David. David was the epitome of manliness, mm, right? Mm. He was a young boy in his teenage years and he killed the Goliath, right? He They sang songs of him saying that Saul killed thousands, David killed ten thousands. He's yeah. the epitome of manliness, right? Mm. So, he was very comfortable in the fact that he could hug and weep and uh, and kiss Jonathan without it meaning anything weird like we would exactly. like to because we say men don't weep. Mm. Uh, but he wept or hug. because he's... Or hugged because his masculinity was very healthy at that stage because he never had to prove himself to anyone. Mm. That's so such a good percept- point. You understand what I'm trying to, to say now, and that's exactly the same with Jesus. He was a he was a carpenter before he became a minister, so he was doing something very that we consider a man's man job. Uh, he's same with his with his disciples. They were fishermen. They were that type of things. They were working class people. Mm. They mm. did not have masculinity under threat. That's thus they were very comfortable with who they are, mm. and thus they were able to express masculinity and not feel ashamed about it. Because we in the modern era, is more specifically we in the West, have a, a when I mean Western, you know, American type civilization that unfortunately the european american type of civilization yes we yes. constantly feel that we need to prove our masculinity mm, and mm. we're sitting with an entire generation of older men 50 60 years older that's sitting with ptsd from the war that they had to go through in namibia mm. uh, not being able to talk about it not struggling from alcohol substance abuse because they were taught you don't talk about it you don't cry about it Exactly. Right. Exactly. And now we're sitting with a generation that's struggling and they don't know what to do. 
Mm, um, mm. But if you they know, only were given the healthy coping mechanisms, like saying crying is fine because mm, you did a manly thing, you fought in a war. Mm, Shal, that is such such a good point you're bringing up, hey? Like it's so deep. I think it it really really needs uh, more of a, a lengthier conversation. And I think, yes. oh my goodness, it definitely does. Um, so what what I'm what I'm gathering right now as you're speaking, right? Because I'm thinking to myself, one of the things that um, often happens in our societies today, and men do this as well. What men do, and what a lot of women, the conversations that they have, they basically phrase it this way: that men are evil, men are messed up, men are ruining our lives, men are cheaters, men are dogs. That's constantly the message being sent. But unfortunately, we're not yes. realizing that men are actually broken, right? And that that's when you phrase, the way you phrase your statement and the way that you phrase the way you refer to a person, it really shapes the way you see them. Because we determine how we see a problem based on how we um, how we phrase the problem, right? How we define the problem. So mm. it, it one can, for example, we can look at the water crisis around the world uh, and consider the fact that there are places that don't have water, right? But there's ocean, right? There's more ocean than there is land, if you think about it. Now, the problem is the fact that we do have more water than we need on Earth. But unfortunately, we don't have the yeah technology to to purify water for every person on earth so you can either look at the problem as we don't have enough water or you can say we don't yet have the technology to purify the water fast enough do you understand the difference in that yeah right yes you're looking yes. at the problem differently one uh, um, suggests there's a solution the other suggests there's no solution we'll always have the problem of water shortages and that's a very important thing because we have constantly called men dogs men uh, absent from 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 the which that's true men have been absent from their families men have not been raising their children men have not been treating their wives right that's absolutely true but now my question to you is this is it because men are inherently evil and should be expected to be bad or is it because men are broken right because when you phrase it that way then you realize that there is a solution if men would for example what Charles mentioned right now the fact that a lot of men experience war right um, for or not even war like the bullying that exists amongst men and bullying that exists amongst women it's extremely brutal for men because society is taught that men can take the worst right um, yes. also you find that men um, during times of war they're the ones who see the gruesome stuff and then when they come back home to their wives they're different people they no longer find flowers pretty <laughs> they no longer find mm. the scent of um, the forest to be you know they no longer have those things they're different men they're cold they've seen dead bodies they've been trained to think analytically to think in terms of numbers you cannot expect a human being who's been through all of that to act naturally and normally there are certain things even times of crisis within a lot of countries actually i know that this is contrary to the conversation we're having in our modern mm. day but whenever there's a crisis within countries like for example if you look at what happened uh, between the hutsis and the tutsis in rwanda yes. right you know that rwanda actually has 80 percent women currently 
Like I can imagine. there are more women in Rwanda in their in their politics than any other country on in, in the African continent. Um and that's because during that time men were literally targeted and they were mutilated. They faced the front forefront of that war, that civil war that was happening. And that well, actually the genocide. the genocide, yes, thank you. Uh during that genocide, men were at the forefront. They saw the very heat of it. Um and that broke a lot of men. And there are many other things like that that happen around the world, right? Even within our own continent, where countries were colonized and a lot of men were at the forefront of that because men were considered stronger so they were the ones who were kidnapped more men were considered uh, to do more hard labor so they worked more hours there's a lot we can go through my point at the end of the day is this there's a lot of history you can go back to where men have undergone things like war like uh, colo- co- being colonized and being used to to mine being used to do heavy labor that they were punished for and were beaten way more brutally that have broken men over time Um, and as a result it trickles down to where we find ourselves now where we see the residual effects of where we of where men come from and i'm not at all trying to justify the things that we see um in 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 our men at all that's not at all what i'm trying to do mm-hmm. what i'm trying to do is to is to point point out the fact that masculinity men have been broken and we need a lot of therapy we need a lot of love towards each other we need to come back to a place of being able to hug our brethren and be okay with it you know and not mm-hmm. feel weird yeah, Charles, you wanted mm. to say? No, that's exactly it. No, I wanted to agree 100% with, with what mm, you said. Mm. The moment we, we make trends, uh, hashtag trending like men are trash, men are dogs, stuff mm, like that, mm. a lot of men I've noticed feel that if the standard is that low, why try and compete it? Um, I'm trying to climb a, a, an uphill mountain that I will never be able to come over. So exactly. I'm just going to give in to peer pressure. Oh my goodness, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Um, I love the fact that we're from two different worlds, Charles, because the inputs that we bring are so diverse and unique.